Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, awesomes. Welcome back to Sorta Awesome. I am thrilled to be joined today by my co-host and husband, Kyle. Hi. Hello. And I'm thrilled to be wearing no clothes today. (laughs) It's only appropriate because as we sit and record, we are celebrating today. It's super hot. (laughs) We had to peel the layers off. We're a few weeks late to celebrating World Naked Gardening Day. And we don't garden. (laughs) (laughs) That's a true fact. Uh, What are we celebrating today? Today is, as we record... Today is our wedding anniversary, the 23rd time we've had this celebration. That's right. So we thought, you know what would be fun? Let's just talk about marriage a little bit. Let's talk about ourselves. (laughs) But you guys have gotten to know us um, certainly through the years and... Uh, the fact that we have been married all this time, that's always kind of, you know, sort of been a background piece of who we are and who mm-hmm. I am, what my perspectives that I've brought to Sorta Awesome. Matriarchy. All of those things come stuff. into play. Um, so we thought we've been married. The thing about being married 23 years is like, it's one of those like kind of who cares years. Like it's not yeah. a milestone. Yeah. It's like 23. Who can even remember that one? Well, Michael Jordan can, because that was his basketball (laughs) jersey number, I believe. So it's big in that regard. If you're not a sports ball fan, though, what does 23 even mean? I don't know. 23 and me, the DNA testing. There you go. Maybe we should have DNA testing. What if we found Uh, out we were related? (laughs) Okay. That'd be creepy. Number one, terrible. Number two, I would love to do it, but you are, you have these, you know, ideas about privacy. Yeah, I don't want I don't want my DNA floating around yeah, out there. That's it, why I got married instead of sharing it with the world. <laughs> right? Like, and that how that works? I don't know. So we thought, okay, 23. It's like 20 something. Let's come up with 20 something things about marriage. Yeah. Our marriage. We tried. Yeah. We'll probably talk about at least 20 things. Okay. Um what what first? Okay, well, let's start at the very beginning. Uh, for those of you who are trying to do the math, yes, we were small, tiny children when we met and I got was married. Mid fifties, Meg, <laughs> Meg was barely legal by state standards. We have a lenient state. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's not true. How how far apart are we in age? Like fourteen months, I think. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Okay, uh, but let's go back in time. Sort of awesome time capsule. When did when do you remember first ever seeing me? We met in college. Yes. So there's that for background context. Yes. The first time I ever saw you and knew who I might be seeing. Okay. To, to Put re- a name with a to face. To remember it. Yeah. Um, so, and this is part of like the whole story of when. Harry met Sally. When Sally <laughs> seduced Harry. <laughs> we had, you and I had friends separate from each other that were dating. Yeah. Mutual friends. Yeah. 
And they had decided that we needed to meet each other. Definitely. They were, you might even say hellbent mm-hmm. on us at least going on one date. Mainly your friend. My friend was extremely invested in yes. the outcome. Yes. She began campaigning actually weeks, if not months, before I ever did see who you were, which is yeah. interesting because we went to a teeny tiny state university. It was bigger than my hometown. Oh, that's true. That's okay. By, Relatively speaking. By 1,300 people. <laughs> Relatively speaking. A very small university, like 4,500 undergrads, I think, when we were there, right? Oh, I was thinking 4,000. If it's 4,500, then it's just almost twice the size of what I grew up in. It was a monstrous university. Yeah. Huge, sprawling campus. Mm-hmm. You could walk for days nope. and not Okay, fine. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's big enough. You, yeah. You'd not see people, and especially if you weren't in the same department. Oh yeah, exactly. For a lot of your classes, right, right, right. And we weren't at first, no, we because weren't. I was, I think a a nutrition major or something. My first okay semester there. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I, I bounced bounced around a little bit you with did. the majors. Yeah. Um. So I had, we had these mutual friends. Um, my friend, one of my sorority sisters, yeah, Christy, I, I didn't was, get to finish. Okay. Well, I because was, because you distracted me. I did distracted you with, with the Stories. tellings of our university. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was huge. I tell you. Um, yeah. So it was, it was before Christmas, um, of what? 95. Yeah. I was trying to think school year terms, 95, 96 school year. Yes. Before Christmas, um, you were pointed out to me. It was common at our university um, for so FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Yes, um, I was a football player, and so and I was a Christian, or at least pretended to be one. And so I went, and it was very common at our university for girls that were not athletes to attend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the guys didn't mind for uh, Jesus. Yeah, for we were there for Jesus for plainly, plainly. Where's Jesus? I heard he has some tight Levi's on. That was more what you were looking around for. Uh huh. Yeah. So anyway, you were there and you were pointed out to me and I was sitting at an odd angle and it took me the entire FCA session of ignoring what was going on, trying to get an angle where I could see your face. Uh huh. Yes. Well, the first time you were pointed out to me, we were at a house party. Yeah. And uh, so you were a football player. I was a Chi Omega there was a lot of mixing of the groups yes, in back yes. in those days. Um, and so you were at a house party. I do not know whose house it was, but I, it was some, dirty. Whoever's house it was, it was filthy. It was I filthy. remember that the yep. carpet needed to be raked. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, I and some friends stopped in now it, back in those days. Well, first of all, I was a freshman in college, so it was not legal for me to drink, but also I was a strong mm-hmm. anti drinking anti-alcohol? How can you be anti-something that's a real thing? Like, basically, I'm not – you can't say, like, I didn't believe in drinking back then. Like, you, you believed, can't choose to not believe in right. something that's a You thing. believed in prohibition, in teetotaling, <laughs> in yep. puritanism. Um, so, I do remember that you were sipping a beer, and mm-hmm. I was like <gasps> – I didn't have any pearls on. I went and found some and came back to the party just for the, to have the capacity to clutch pearls. It almost ended 
our relationship before, before it ever it happened. Started because you were drinking a beer at a party. In I college. wouldn't even. I wouldn't even getting torn down or anything. No. It was literally a deal where. I mean, I, I would have a beer now and again. I've never been a big fan of it, but at, at a party, I would hold one yes. so people would quit offering them to me. That's what I. In retrospect, now that I know you. I know that's exactly what was happening. You were just holding one. Maybe you drank one beer literally the whole evening that you were there. If that, half of it. And yeah. Then, yeah. Okay. So anyway, that was the first time we actually, those were the times we actually saw each mm-hmm. other and put faces to names and those types of things. So when is the first time we actually exchanged words? Well, this is both retro and extremely modern that the first- That's true. Yeah. First conversation we had was not face-to-face- it was over the phone. Over the phone. We were children of the internet before it was possible. Right? There was there was an internet in the writing lab, but yeah. that was about it. And in fairness, the phone was an old touch-tone corded, oh, plugged into the wall it phone. It was 100% corded. Yeah. Not a rotary, I don't think. No. Mine wasn't. No. Um, I, at one of those FCA meetings, you and I happened to be in a huddle or a yeah, small group together. Yeah. And you said some things that were quite spiritually impressive, impressive enough that I quickly forgot about the beer drinking at the yeah, party. Well, Hey, I knew how to talk the talk. <laughs> I just wasn't ready to walk the walk. Oh my gosh. It's I'm not, having it's youth, not untrue. I'm having youth group PTSD right now. Yes. Anyway, um, because this, these friends of ours had continually hounded both of us. I, and I did, get to experience you as a, as a person in this, in this huddle at FCA at that night, I told my friend Christy, like, okay, I'm going to invite Kyle. I want to invite Kyle to our Kyos and Cuffs party that was coming up for Valentine's day. Yeah. So we'd, we'd seen each other just before Christmas break. Yeah. This phone call and yeah. our first date were immediately after Christmas break. And also in this time frame, we crossed paths literally walking into the cafeteria and I winked at you yep. uncontrollably. Yep. Didn't mean to. It was uh, it was a little freaky. Holy Spirit possessed my body. Is that what happened? Made me, forced me to wink at you. Are you sure that spirit was holy? <laughs> but so uh, because there were like matchmakers going on in the background, phone numbers were exchanged. Yes. You actually called me. Well, that was the proper thing to do. Yeah. Our, our friends figured, you know, okay, yeah, she wants to invite him to the Kyos and Cuffs party, but maybe they could do a little date beforehand to get to know each other. Right, because you don't want to go to one of those events. Right. It wasn't just like a party come hang out. It was an event. And we had to be literally handcuffed to each other. <laughs> yes, yeah. You want to meet first. <laughs> Hashtag Greek life. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was kind of how we were introduced, but we, we had this phone call. And yeah, and literally, we, we found this out. In the aftermath, both of us knew mm-hmm. on that phone call Absolutely. that we were going to marry the other one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like we had some really deep and touching yeah. conversation. It just just knew. We just knew. Absolutely. That's a true fact. It was bizarre. Yep. And here we are, 20, how many years later? <laughs> 20, well, 25. Well, yes, in terms of togetherness. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about that first date. So the phone call was to set up the first date, yes. which I believe they had planned out. Yes. And it was just like, here, because I'm, I know this will come as a surprise mm-hmm. to some people. Yeah. I am socially awkward, mm-hmm. I'm a little shy, and especially 
especially during those years when it came to some one of the opposite sex that I was interested in. I was terrified. And so they were like, look, you big weenie, we've planned out the entire thing. Just call her and invite her. She's going to say yes. Yeah. We'll, yeah. She's already said yes. It just is a formality. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Just do it. So that did happen. That was the, the reason for the phone call. So we go on this first date. It was a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. That was the big date night, party big night. Date night. Big going out night, whether you're going on a date or going out with your friends to party, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in February, early February. Was it? I thought it was late January. Okay. It was in that time frame. All right. It was late January, early February. There's a difference. Who were you dating that wasn't me in late February for the first time? What did we do on our first date? Well, we went to, there was a little, there was a little coffee shop that had recently gone up on campus. And this was new for the central part of Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. this type of concept. And so everyone was all abuzz about this. Mm -hmm. And we went there and I believe, so it had snowed while we were Literally walking up, it starts snowing. It's very romantic. It's cold. I hate cold. You didn't want to snuggle. And I didn't, I don't, can't remember if I even wore a coat or not. I wasn't the smartest cat. I'm not sure why you stuck around. <laughs> Snowed and we actually ended up having hot cocoa. Yeah, because I didn't drink coffee back then, which is bizarre to me to think about now. Indeed. So yes, it was, it was lightly snowing, hot cocoa. We walked across campus um, to do I think we popped into an intramural basketball game, but then we uh, loaded up and went back to your dorm room, mm-hmm. which was in the athletic dorm. Yes. That was the first time I'd ever been in an athletic dorm. It smells funny. It smelled so bad. I yeah. was so surprised. Like, how do people live like this? Mm-hmm. It did not smell like the Kayamega section of the dorms, which smelled like cigarettes and how bad dare decisions. You? What? <laughs> uh, okay, you're not wrong. <laughs> We um and so we snuggled in on a couch that was in your room, which was yeah. epic, legendary, yeah, gold, gold. It was if you've ever watched the old sitcom Married with Children, yep. it was literally the Bundy's couch. Yes, yep, it was. And so it was Thursday night. It was you know getting on in the evening. We decided to do what everybody did in this country on Thursday nights at nine o'clock. Yes, nine o'clock Central Time. We watched ER. We did. We did. Juliana Margulies on that in that cast later would come back into our lives as the Good Wife, which is one of our joint favorite shows. It's true. It's true. You love Alicia Florrick, maybe a little bit more than me. Um, no, about it, no, no. If you're pressed on it, no. I mean, if if you were a little more powerful and assertive at times and bossed me around in a more loving way, maybe. But uh, <laughs> no, I prefer you. Okay, so obviously we hit it off. Yes, yes. Although. I was I was quite shocked, maybe even appalled, that the night ended with a simple peck of a kiss, and that was it. Very chaste. Very chaste. I told you. I was a good girl. I guess so. Until the next date. <laughs> Until the next date. And then that's when the techno music started playing. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we did hit it off, and that meant eventually, eventually we realized, like, this is a thing between mm-hmm. us, so maybe we should meet the parents situation. You met mine first. Definitely. Because your parents lived what an hour from campus, hour yeah, and a half. Roughly. Yeah. My parents lived halfway across the country yes, in Pennsylvania. In wintry Pennsylvania. Yes. At the time I, I was going to school just 
hop, skip, and a jump from my hometown, but my parents had moved with my younger siblings for my dad's job and lived in Pennsylvania. So yeah, it was like a month, maybe two months in when we yep. went to took your you, hometown. Took you home for the weekend to yeah. meet the parents. Mm -hmm. That's right. What are you, any impressions? <laughs> Neither one will listen to this. No worries. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, you mean impressions about your parents? Yeah. Well, I loved both of them. Um, I do remember, was it your... Was it the first trip home when your mom was scandalized by the satin pajama pants I was wearing? Or was that another trip? Oh, it wasn't pajama pants. Well, that the thing you're thinking of happened later. Okay. Well, maybe, probably, yes, the pajama pants. And as soon as she saw them, she would have <laughs> gone immediately to make an animal sacrifice on your behalf. <laughs> No, your mom was very hospitable, very welcoming. I think she seemed thrilled that you had found somebody that you were quite serious about. Your dad, there's not a person on this planet who's ever lived and breathed that met your dad that didn't love him from the time they met him. So I don't know. He used to be quite the harasser. Yeah. He softened up a little bit by the time you met him. So there's probably some wounded folks out there somewhere that are too old to listen to podcasts that would argue with that statement. He did like to relentlessly tease you. Oh, yeah. He never teased me. He was always so kind, loving father figure. He told me, if not the first trip that you came home, very soon thereafter, my dad could be very blunt at times. Mm, and he uh -huh. told me, hey, don't screw this up, buddy. He knew that <laughs> you were by far, you were better than anything he'd imagined I would bring home. So he wasn't going to do anything to risk that. <laughs> okay, so that happened fairly early in our relationship. Now we have this time distance continuum problem with my family. Yeah, well, so the first time I met your family was that summer. <laughs> Because I had driven you up from, you'd, you'd stopped, I think we'd stayed a night or two after school was out mm -hmm. at my parents. Yes. Uh, while your parents were making their way from Pennsylvania to Kansas City where yes. your grandparents lived. Mm -hmm. And then I drove you mm -hmm. up. I think, I think, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I drove you up because I had your car. My parents followed. Yes. And, and you, your, yeah. your side of the family had family there too. So it was kind of like a big family. Right. It's actually a really big family meetup for everybody. Right. Uh, the first time you met my parents. Now, the the first time I really, because that was brief. Yes. That was like a, a, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. See you next school year. Right. right. Yeah. The next summer. Yes. Is the first time I spent any time around your family. And I flew up to Pennsylvania yes. and stayed for close to a week with you guys. Yep. Um, how free do you want me to be with the stories? Feel free. Okay. Feel free to be free. Um. Meg's youngest sister is a bit of a handful in her youth. Yes, absolutely. A um, mm -hmm. little bit spoiled. Very spoiled. When she didn't get her way, she could do some pretty extreme things. Yes. Um, and she was wanting to be impressive. Yes. To me as well. Yes. And I believe it was on a Saturday. We had gone, we'd gone to the mall uh -huh. and we were eating... Some, I can't remember, it had to, I guess, was it a Mexican place, Italian place, or just an American food? I it had to, it had to have involved Mexican stuff because the appetizer we got was nachos. Mm. And there were warnings issued by your parents. Hey, youngest sister, don't eat the jalapenos. They're hot. 
And they knew how she responded to hot food, but she wanted to be impressive. Yeah. And so she was loading them on there. Yeah. I mean, way more. Just eat one and be done with it. But I'm um, just heaping them on there and eating them. And it did, it did upset her constitution. And she vomited on the nacho tray. <laughs> that was a very memorable moment. We should have put a content warning on that story. <laughs> There's more, but I'll leave it. There. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the the following Sunday, we'd chosen a place that she didn't want to go yep. for lunch. And when we'd gotten in and sat down at the table, she rammed her finger up her nose and gave herself a bloody nose. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was pretty exciting too. She also asked in front of you, when is Kyle leaving? Yes. I, I didn't know if you wanted me to share all that. And too. so both I and my parents really, I mean, you guys, she was like in elementary school. Like mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to think that right, we're no. like, it wasn't like she was 17. Yeah. And, no, she was, yeah. she was a kid. Um, and so we, my, like I said, I and my parents both really got onto her. Like, that's so rude. Don't, you know, ask people things like that. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a soft like, oh, inquiry. No. It was like, I'm sick of this guy. Yeah, exactly. And so she was taken aback that it was so rude to and impolite to do that. And so embarrassed, embarrassed yeah, also to be called out. Yes. So she did get her karaoke machine. Well, first, yeah, first she had to go hide and yeah. cry a little bit. So she was hiding and crying and, and came up with a plan and the plan involved getting her karaoke machine and coming and finding you and serenading you with Brenda Lee's I'm sorry. Yes. And so everything was smoothed over. It was fine. I thought that's that's like the most effort anybody's ever given in an apology <laughs> right? to me. You can, yeah, you can have my car. I, I don't whatever. think anyone has ever topped that apology. Nope. That's, yeah, that's really saying something. <laughs> We have a lot, a lot, a lot of stories from our family get together for sure. Okay. So time marched on. We, we definitely knew from the start, like we're we're going to get married. The time rolled around then for a a proposal. Well, so you thought Yeah, we were coming into our, it would have been our second Christmas together. Our first first Christmas together. Yeah. We were on a timeline. So we started. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and the expectation was there. Mm-hmm. I told you, and very very serious. This is probably the first time I ever lied to you. I, you know that we were talking before we started recording. Like, what have been some things that we deceived each other about right? that we were deceptive about? I honestly think this was the biggest and maybe only time that you really tricked me about anything. Right, right. So I, I told you leading into that Christmas. Hey, we we know we're going to get married. Blah, blah, blah. Um, it just didn't in the budget yeah. to get a ring right. this year. So I don't want you to be all disappointed at Christmas. It just can't happen. Right. Yes. And then I did get the ring. You did. Yeah. Yes. We had done some ring shopping. You got some general ideas mm-hmm. about what I would be into. And so, yeah, right before I flew home for Christmas break to Pennsylvania, to my parents' house, um, we, well, first we were, I just thought we were going out for a fancy dinner Mm -hmm. before uh, I got on the plane. And so. No, no. Before even we left for the restaurant, though. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, wearing t-shirt and umbro shorts. Yes. And I don't even know what I was wearing because we were going to get ready for this big night. Right. Fancy dinner, drive to Oklahoma City. Right. 
Like it was going to be all the big things, all the big grown up things. Eat at the to eat at the restaurant on top of the the spinning tower, the spinning tower, yeah. all the things. Um, but so yeah, like we were just like in regular clothes at your parents' house, and you just like busted right into it, didn't you? I did. Do you want? Do you want the details? It, let's share one memorable detail for both okay. of us from the proposal. So the the plan was I was I had. It was honestly, it was a terrible stuffed animal, but I had a stuffed animal and in its hands mm-hmm. was the ring box. Yes. But I didn't leave the ring in there, but then I didn't have any pockets yeah. in my shorts to keep the ring in. And so I tied just a loose little slip knot yes. of the drawstring of the shorts around the ring and my plan was, as you removed the stuffed animal, saw the ring box, then before you like dug into the ring box and saw it empty and all, because it wasn't a prank, yeah. that I would produce the ring. Yes. Well, problematically, as you pulled the stuffed animal <laughs> out, I couldn't get the slip knot undone. It wasn't slipping. It wasn't slipping. <laughs> and due to the location of the drawstring, it looked like I was sitting there playing with myself <laughs> and quite frustrated about it as well. So it's for a little bit of an awkward proposal. Yep, I will never forget. <laughs> Nor will oh, I. Funny, it's so funny. <laughs> I felt really stupid. Oh. We had a good chuckle in the moment about it, though. So we did. It was good. We certainly did. We certainly did. Now, one other story that I find hilarious tied to that is I I tried to do the very um, traditional thing, and before. Christmas before that whole event, I had made the point to call your dad to ask for his permission to ask for your hand in marriage. Uh And it so, it so surprised him. It so caught him off guard that he, 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 he was getting all fumbly in his words. You'll have to ask Megan. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was weird. That was a very uncomfortable phone call. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Do we want to keep going here? Was this, this was after we were, it was after we were engaged. Okay. Was it after we, I don't think we were married yet because I still had, I still had clothes at home. Okay. Which is part of my memory of this event. Well, we were engaged for a long time. We were engaged for like a year and a half. Yeah. And so a lot of things happened in that time, including we got the opportunity to do formal portraits together well family family portraits with my family and not just my mom and dad but my mom and my dad my sister and her husband and her was it two two kids at Mm -hmm. the time Mm -hmm. yeah what what do you remember about that now i remember like just wanting to die no not (laughs) like i was like very like okay this is very serious this is a big family thing i'm part of you know, this feels like it's being, I'm being incorporated into. It was like, it was family. a Sears family portrait. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's a Sears family portrait. I just remember I wanted to look so nice and, you know, not mess things up. Mm-hmm. Now, what I didn't realize, cause we, you know, we were getting to know each other. I did not realize your burning hatred for situations like this. Yeah. Where everybody's all dressed up, it's hot. You're under the it's lights. Hot. It's somebody. Somebody's acting a fool. You can't get the picture done. Exactly. There's so many different takes. Uh, I remember being like, "Oh man," because like you know, at that point, I feel like 
you were still kind of like on your best behavior around me. And I, certainly I felt like with the family dynamics, but yeah. in that. You saw the, the inkling of the dark side. <laughs> It's like, okay, note to self. We will not take pictures. (laughs) And we haven't for the most part. We haven't ever sat down for a family (laughs) portrait. It was a scarring moment for both of us. (laughs) What do you remember about that? I remember, like, I didn't want to do it. Right. For one. Yes. Um, But I remember I was looking around like, oh, I don't, we also have to dress up. Yeah. I can't just wear a, a you know, a button down shirt that that's not enough. And I didn't own a suit that I remembered except that in my closet back home still mm-hmm. where I did not live because I was going to school. Yeah. Um, I had the last suit that I'd owned, which was from three or four years earlier. And it was a poor choice then. Yes. Um, it was a double breasted monstrosity, like a zoot suit. <laughs> I don't know. This I is, mean, zoot suits were kind of in. By it this, was probably purchased at Ross and, you know, had cigarette burn holes in the pant legs or something because, right. yeah. But, oh, it was horrible. And um, I had been, again, I was a, not bragging like this was a big deal. I was a collegiate athlete. I had been yeah. lifting weights mm-hmm. and that, that suit fit about as well as no, it was bad. Yeah. It was a damn no suit. It was a damn no suit. So yeah, all the, the awkwardness of the situation. And then you, you, I looked like I was wearing a sausage skin, a double breasted sausage skin. Yes. It was, a, it was a bad deal. All right. Well, um, then we did get married, didn't we? Mm-hmm. On June 13th. On June 13th. Back in the year of 1998. And so we had a very super traditional mm-hmm. wedding um, at my hometown church. It was a two o'clock in the afternoon affair, which means the reception afterward was in the fellowship hall. There was no booze. There was no, no. dancing. There was no DJ. It was what we call a cake and punch reception. It didn't slow down the groomsmen. Oh my gosh, they started the night before. They started the night before. They almost got kicked out of their hotel. They did get kicked out of the pool. Yes. I had eight bridesmaids, which is excessive by anyone's count. Um, And so you had to come up with. Yeah, I had to come up with eight groomsmen. Damn it. I don't even know if I could still name them all. (laughs) Um. Favorite memory from that day or even just a memory? A memory. What's a memory you have? Okay. My memory of that day, we had asked uh, my friend Christy, who was our matchmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, we She was in the wedding and we had continued to all be good friends throughout our college years. We got married in between my junior and senior year of college. So we did have a lot of college friends around. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we'd asked Christy's mom to be like our wedding coordinator informally. She, w- she wasn't her job or anything, but just right. she was good at getting people in the right place at the right time. And so we had told her that just to help with our nerves, that we wanted to um, see each other before the ceremony. Mm -hmm. And so I just remember that she cleared everybody out of the sanctuary and did a whole, and she had you stand at the front and did a whole big production with opening the back doors of the church and me walking down the aisle just by myself. We were the only ones in the sanctuary. And I do think that that was very helpful. I think a lot of couples do that now. But at the time, in the yeah. 90s, that was not really done. It was, We've always been trendsetters. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but that's probably one of my biggest memories from our actual wedding. 
I remember that. I remember very specifically from that, and this was actually one of the things I was going to bring up, that you had had your hair done in a way that I'd never seen it done before. Yeah. It was very it was very regal, like oh. 1930s. It was I did want a vintage look with yeah. my hair, yes. And I was I was stunned at your beauty. Well, thank you. Yeah. Also, there was a tornado on our wedding night. Tornado <laughs> wedding night almost died. <laughs> okay, so speaking of our wedding night, it was a bad omen to have this tornado on our wedding night, and that launched us into our honeymoon. Which, the, literally, from the tornado of honeymoon night, yep. wedding night forward, many events went awry. Yeah. We've told all those stories before. We have, yes. Um, is there anything else, though, beyond the mayhem? That you remember specifically, maybe more fondly than the wrong things? Um, well, probably my fondest memory, honestly, is um, I turned 21 on our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. And we went on a little tour across the border to Matamoros, Mexico mm-hmm. that we day. We stayed, our honeymoon was in South yeah, Padre. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yes. Right and across. so we just went down into Mexico right across the border that day for just a little sightseeing trip. And I just remember that being a lot of fun. It was genuinely probably the first time I'd had alcohol. I had a margarita yeah. with lunch, which was a bold choice. For Almost your first- couldn't get her out of Mexican prison. <laughs> it was a bold choice for my first drink. It was a fishbowl of it, too. It wasn't like, oh, here's a little dainty drink. No. But I, you know, like I said, I was very goody, goody, goody two shoes back in those days. Mm -hmm. And so I, here I was on my 21st birthday. I was excited to have a drink. Um, But we just shopped around and it was just, I just remember that being a lot of fun. Like I felt like we're like, we're really a couple. We, we bought things for our new apartment Yeah, yeah. and it was just seemed like, okay, we're like, I mean, I was newly 21. You were um, approaching 23, 85, 86. So it just felt like a really grown up thing to do. Yes. I remember, and I won't tell the whole story of this. We, um, we decided, and we were walking most of the time while we were there. Because we weren't old enough to run a car. And this was before Uber and Lyft and all of those things. And the trolley schedule is a liar. Yes. Um, we, we went out, we were staying in a condo. We went out and we got, shrimp because hey we're we're on the ocean we want some seafood and yep. we got um we got cocktail shrimp basically yeah. and brought it back to the little kitchen in the condo yeah. and we had our our meal there and and since then um we have somewhere not always exactly on our on our anniversary but somewhere around there we've done a a shrimp feast of some kind today we had panko crusted Deep fried shrimp. Yes. They were delicious. Delicious with some prime ribeye as well as uh, some fillets. Yeah. We, we had a lot of good stuff. Yeah, we did. Okay. So speaking of that, our first little apartment yeah. was little. It was little and it was very institutional. That's right. It was in married student housing. Cinder block walls. Cinder block, painted cinder block walls. Sexy. Oh my gosh, it was teeny tiny, um, but it was ours. It was, it was our ours. little place, and it had two little bedrooms in it and a galley kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, in a in oh. one room of it. This is it was so it was a two bedroom mm-hmm. with the I'm sure assumption that a a newly married 
couple might have a child sure, yeah. while they're there. Um, certainly through the cinder block walls, you could hear many people trying. <laughs> Sound traveled. Yes. Um, but that second bedroom was completely stacked full of boxes of our crap. Yeah. I don't think we ever even went in there. We other didn't than, go in there. We didn't yeah, pack. It keep was the just door all closed. Yeah. Um, we had some... We've lived in some interesting places. Yeah. I counted up today. This, the, uh, the home that we live in now is our eighth home. Okay. Um, and we've been here a hot minute. We moved here in 2012. We've so lived what, here longer years? than anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I will always, our, our friend Christy and her husband lived across the breezeway yeah. from us. Yeah. It was so fun. So it fun was fun. Those days. It was fun. Um, what about, what was your first job as well, a married woman? I mean, when we got married, we were both college students. I worked in the student activities office mm -hmm. on campus and continued on working at the university because my first like salaried job was as a dorm director for right. the dorm that I had been, had been living in that had the, um, the sororities and the freshmen. So we took that job and. So I had started coaching. Yes. But that's not nearly as romantic and cool as it sounds. Yeah. Um, I think the the semester that we got married, I finally got them to cover half of my tuition, mm -hmm. maybe all of my tuition. Mm -hmm. um, you had a full scholarship. Yes. Which, thankfully, because I mean, we were babies. Yes. Your scholarship covered married student housing. It did, yes. Mm -hmm. And so then the little job the little job that, that you had before being dorm directors, yeah, it literally paid for groceries and literally. car insurance. And yeah, stuff. it did. It did. And then it was within six months mm -hmm. we became dorm directors. Yeah. That was an exciting that was time. That first, first big job. Yes. Um, and you went into right into coaching, continued coaching after that even. Yes. So, yeah. Um, first pet. First pet was a first pet worst pet both she was both there's no doubt first pet worst pet our first pet uh was a rescue cat from the humane society and uh she was a beautiful like when you looked at her mm -hmm. she was beautiful orange tabby cat no calico i'm sorry calico that's what yeah, i meant to say a lot she of was, orange in her yes she was calico she was and uh we named her claudia mm -hmm. and she was possessed by the devil she was <laughs> She was. She would regularly get freaked out. And when she did, her right eye would begin to move autonomously from the other and bug out all over the place. Yep. And if you recall, when she got really agitated, yeah. she would shoot poop juice. <laughs> right out of her cat butthole. And it was horrible. Oh my gosh, the smell. Even if I think about it, I can summon that stink in my mind. Yes. It was so bad. More than one time we had to rip the bedding off and... Go yes. wash it and just horrible. And we had to haul our stuff to a laundromat too. Yeah. We didn't have a washer and dryer in our little married student no. housing. No, that and would have so, broken the fire code. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. So we had her for a couple of years and eventually pawned her off on my parents, but And they killed her. No, well, she ran away. <laughs> Same thing. She ran away and now she lives on a farm happily <laughs> somewhere. Yep. yep. <laughs> We've had some we have a real talent for picking the wackadoo pets for yes. sure. Always. So that was, we spent our first married years in the town where we went to school in Ada, Oklahoma. And then it came time for our first big kid move. Our first, we're grownups yeah. now. We got to, we got to move ourselves somewhere. Yes. In the coaching world, 
every you travel in it's referred to you travel in families. Yes. It's basically whoever whoever you are fortunate enough to first get a job with, any subsequent job after that most likely comes from somebody on your staff who worked with somebody that's now on another staff or somebody that had been on your staff that went elsewhere. It's one of your former coaching family members that uh-huh. helps facilitate the transition. And the guy who was the head coach for us, uh, where I was, had worked with several people on the staff at TCU in Fort Worth and facilitated an introduction. And that whole thing was wild. Yes. Um, they were, we'd played phone tag and had a few intermittent conversations for a week, mm-hmm. just trying to figure out if we were going to go interview right, or yep. not mm-hmm. the the coming weekend. Yep. And I don't know if you want to call it divine providence or just foolish activity that got lucky. Yeah. But we actually, before we even went down to interview, we packed up a, a U-Haul truck with all of our stuff mm-hmm. and we didn't drive it down there. Right. We just packed up everything other than what you would need because we knew you weren't going to be able to come immediately. Right. Yes, exactly. Went down, interviewed. Found an apartment. Well, yeah. Interviewed, then yep. went and found an apartment. Yep. Then got officially given the job. Yep. And then- Went home. That was Sunday night. Went home, got the U-Haul, drove back down, unpacked enough mm-hmm. into that apartment, and I went to work Monday afternoon. Yep. That was our first whirlwind of anything. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was crazy. And then how long did you have to stay behind? Well, that was like in probably January, February, if you like, and through the end of the school year. So a Was couple it months. all the way to the end of the school year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't the first time I did that either, but it all worked out. While we lived in Fort Worth, which we loved living in Fort Worth, we loved TCU, like we loved the city of Fort Worth. While we were there, my parents had moved from Pennsylvania back closer to our neck of the woods and we're living in Texarkana, which is way It's still a lot of hours away. It's in Texas, though. Texas, you can spend many hours just driving across the state of Texas. Yes. So they were in Texarkana, and so we especially me because you were busy at uh, work most of the time, but a lot of miles traveled on the interstate. But one occasion stands out in our memory of that, of that burning up that interstate. Um, It's our best fight ever. (laughs) So we would go every, every major holiday, Mm -hmm. we would climb in the car and drive from Fort Worth to Texarkana at some point. Yep. So you know, like everybody else, end of the year, you're looking at Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, all the things stacking up. And that was a lot of miles. But one of those trips, what did you do? Oh, what did I do? Indeed. Well, we would often pull through McDonald's, get something to eat on the way. Keep driving. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep driving. And so I don't even remember how this all went down. We had gotten our food. Mm-hmm. I had it in my floorboard. You were driving. Mm-hmm. and. I had thought you had said, I'll let you know when I'm ready for my burger. Mm -hmm. You maybe didn't say those actual words. You maybe said, let me get on back on the interstate and then give me my burger. Well, there was a total miscommunication of what happened. You're right the first time. So you plainly, you lived a lie then and you can't remember the truth now. Um, That's what's happened here. 
You're lying to yourself, brother. You're lying to yourself, brother. You, I had, I had wanted to wait until I got back into traveling at the flow of traffic uh-huh. before I started trying to steer with my knees and irresponsibly eat a meal. Right, 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 right. As one does. All of that. Yes. And had told you, I will let you know. You started digging through the McDonald's bag for your dinner. <laughs> But I thought that you were trying to get mine and force it on me, and I wasn't ready yet. Yeah. And I didn't respond well. <laughs> it got a little tense. Probably some harsh words were traded back and forth. You cried. Um, there was some crying involved, yes. yes. And yeah. what it was easily 30 minutes later. Yeah. Then with further conversation, I wouldn't say cooler heads necessarily, uh-huh. but further conversation. Yeah. We realized both of us, the mistakes that had been made and we have laughed about that ever since. It's our, it's one of our go-to jokes when we have some kind of miscommunication. Yeah. Trying yeah. to relive that McDonald's. on the You want me stage. just to sit here and hold this McDonald's or are we good now? <laughs> so 11 years of our marriage was, when you were coaching. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of fun memories. Now, coaching yeah. was extremely stressful, I feel like. Yeah. Um, it was very stressful for you. It was uh, a lot of fun, but a lot of work. And so I was wondering, what were some of your favorite memories, especially that involved like me, the marriage part of this, Yeah, during our coaching years? Um, one sticks out. We we had we had a lot of really good programs that we were involved with and enjoyed a lot of cool things. Kind of a pinnacle year in all of that. We had we'd won the conference and we were going to we'd been offered to play in the Liberty Bowl, which at the time was one of the it was one of the few bowl games that was two conference champions yeah. facing each other. Yes. So that was exciting. We were really good that year. Yes. Um we'd had the number one defense in the nation that yes. year. Yes. And bowl trips were awesome because it was it was a week. Yes. And you got to bring your family. Mm-hmm. And in the very few minutes that you were not involved with, with trying to win a football game, you actually got to spend time with your family. And yeah. and that that year we'd played, the Liberty Bowl was pl- is played in Memphis, mm-hmm. and you stayed downtown. We stayed in the Peabody Hotel, yes. which is a historic, mm-hmm. awesome thing. And there yes. were just a lot of cool, all the way down to, look, the little soaps in the bathroom are shaped like ducks and yes. all the things. Because the, one of the main things about the Peabody is they have these ducks that live on the roof. and every They live day, in the penthouse. In the penthouse. Yeah. And every day you can see the, the parade of ducks as they yep. either come downstairs or go up to their... Yes, they, they bring them down yeah. during the day and they swim in the fountain yeah. in the, the entry. So that trip, that Memphis Bowl, Liberty Bowl trip was so fun. Another great trip that I absolutely loved. And I feel like you did not get to experience much of the city, but we went to New Orleans. Yeah. This wasn't even a bowl game. It was just a regular season game. Wives got to go on on one. They called it the wives trip. It was whether you went to a bowl or not, you would get to go to one of the trips. And you were talking about the whole concept of families and and how you kind of travel in groups together in the Mm -hmm. coaching world. And so a big part of that is the wives. The wives spend a lot of time together. Being a coach's wife, especially at a collegiate level, but I think probably this is the case at any level, is a very specific thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really hard for people outside of that industry to understand. And so we had gone to New Orleans. TC was playing Tulane and 
the wives went down to the French Quarter. We went to Cafe du Monde. We went shopping and had a we had a true New Orleans experience. Yeah, um, drank hurricanes. Yes, interacted with prostitutes. All I don't the good think that stuff. part was involved, but it was so fun, and we got to do a lot of fun traveling throughout the the college coaching yeah, years. Yeah. I feel like so. So you mentioned earlier on your birthday that you'd been so bold as to mm-hmm. have that margarita in Mexico. Yeah. Um, when, what is your memory of when drinking finally became okay within our family? I mean, I, I personally held out for a long time, long past the time when it was legally acceptable. Right. Um, I don't think it was f- until we moved back to Oklahoma after you had left coaching. Okay. Now, occasionally, occasionally out with friends, I might have a beer or a glass of wine. Okay. But in terms of like actually keeping alcohol in our house because we drink it frequently. I would agree with that. Yeah. It wasn't until we moved back to Oklahoma. And ironically enough, here we were in this small town in Oklahoma, not Oklahoma City, um, where. Yeah, you were going to see half of the church members that you knew (laughs) at the liquor store. All of you pretending like you were there to witness to people. Convert your yeah. heathens. Yeah. You basically had to put on one of those Groucho Marx disguises yeah. to go into the liquor store, which again, th- at that time, it's not this way anymore, but you could not buy a bottle of wine at the grocery store. You had right. to go to a liquor store to even get a bottle of wine. Closed on Sundays and holidays. So I was fully in my 30s. Okay. I had two children. So I had, as we mentioned earlier, I would have. I would carry a bottle of beer around, maybe drink it, maybe not. At, like not at in your functions. car. Not in my car, usually. <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't do that. Uh, to, to keep make people leave me alone. But it was during coaching because we had to go to a lot of functions. Oh, yes. A lot of functions. And again, I'm I'm a little bit of a socially awkward person. And so as a, not as an, a drink of enjoyment, but as a drink of function, um, one of my coaching buddies honestly helped me out. He insisted at one of those events here, drink this and handed me, I'm sure like the worst rot gut vodka tonic ever made. But one of those was enough to make me not be quite as much of a freak in front of other people. And it was again, something you could just kind of nurse throughout the evening and you had kept it in your hand. And then there you go. The the years we've been in coaching, I think feel definitely informed a lot of our just understanding of like how drinking works. Right. We grew up, both of us in households where there was not only right. no alcohol alcohol kept in the house, like that you didn't even talk about. You didn't talk. You was shunned. You yes. have you have one. You could be a raging alcoholic tomorrow. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Which isn't entirely how that works, as I understand it. No. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it was it was definitely after coaching the first time we actually went and purchased. Yes. Anything beyond yeah. just a six pack to take to a party, right, right or right. something. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, somewhere along the way, we started having kids. Had a kid. This got- was in one of those transitions where yes, we had been at Fort Worth. I got hired to work at Texas State in San Marcos. Yep. You were in the middle of a teaching year, mm-hmm. school year, and couldn't leave. Right. Yeah. So you moved on down to San Marcos, lived with some of the coaches, had a real bachelor pad experience oh, for a was, few months. It was life-altering. <laughs> I, it is where I learned how to cook, though. You did. 
one of the coaches that you lived with was grew up Cajun in Louisiana, and that man knew how to cook a meal. Yeah. No, not just a meal, any meal. Every meal is a banquet. This yes. is what this is his own philosophy. Yeah. You could die any day. Mm-hmm. So every meal should be a banquet. Yep. And we would leave the coaching office somewhere between eight and ten PM. Yep. We would go to the grocery store. He never spent less than a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And he was only feeding two to three max. Yeah. We would go back to the house. He would cook. We'd end up eating at one or two in the morning mm-hmm. and then just pass out and get up and do it all over do again the next day. all over again. Well, apparently that party hard because you might die tomorrow attitude uh, left an impression because next thing you know, we were yeah. expecting our first baby. Well, we were, we were living separate and I'd made yep. a trip home on spring break and you seduced me. Yes. And that was the beginning of our family life. Yes. Together. So it was a surprise. It was too. a surprise. Um, Daisy was born, golly, I'm trying to think about, I got to do the math really quickly. Um, so we'd been married for what, seven years mm-hmm. by the time Daisy was born? Yeah, we weren't We weren't scheduling the children yet, even then. Yeah. We we'd decided we wanted to wait. San Marcos was my first true full salaried yes. job, not like some kind of weird compensation thing. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was, embarrassing now how small amount of money it was and we had hoped that you'd come down and teach and that after a year or two we could afford a kid yeah yeah um so according to kyle i seduced him into fatherhood but there have been some other moments of kind of gentle deception along the way one of them lives in sort of awesome infamy it does you can tell your side of the story it does (laughs) So again, working, this was in Fort Worth, working, and and whether it was in season or out of season, it was rare that I was ever home before eight in the evening. Yeah. In season, midnight and beyond was not uncommon. And so if we were going to, this would have been off season, because if we were going to share a meal, it was going to be a super late dinner. Yeah. And you had decided to cook. We were on a shoestring budget. Shoe. String. In fact, I had an actual cookbook. You had an actual shoestring that you threatened to give me these groceries or I'll choke you out. (laughs) No, but I did. I had an actual cookbook that was like the shoestring cook or the shoestring kitchen or something like that. I believe it. We had It it probably felt hoity-toity. Yes. We had pennies to feed ourselves with. It was so bad. (laughs) It was so tight. Well, that requires often some creativity. Yes. And- I had come in and I believe you even advertised the meal as sloppy Joe's. Mm -hmm. It was canned tuna with barbecue seasoning and sauce and stuff. Just like your mom used to make your sloppy Joe's tuna and barbecue. By itself, that's, that's not a good flavor. We could have been, we could have still eaten it and been fine, but the deception of sloppy Joe, when the taste of not sloppy Joe hit the back of my throat, I physically retched. It was a it was a tenuous moment in our relationship. You were throwing up in the nacho plate. Yeah, I don't metaphorically think, speaking. I don't think either of us knew what was going to happen next. <laughs> Is that it? Is he going to lose his mind now? Uh huh. That was that was a big moment of deception. I genuinely, I've been racking my brain. I cannot think of any time whether whether in the sake of giving a gift or anything that you really, except for when you made me believe it was going to be a while before we could get engaged. I just cannot think of another story like that. 
your thing about giving gifts is that you love to give gifts. I do. And, and I can rarely wait. Cannot wait. You have given our children their Christmas gifts on like December 17th. Oh, earlier than that. <laughs> you just can't wait. And so you rather than trying to deceive somebody and be like, no, 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 you're not getting that this year. Right. You're just like, here, open it. I didn't even wrap open it. it. Just open it. Play with it. Let me see your enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, speaking of gifts, let's talk about some of the gifts that have been memorable, memorable through the years. Okay. The best gift ever that you gave me. I never would have suspected. It's, uh, it was a complete surprise to me. It's been something. My gosh. Did we get that before we got here or after? What are you going to say? Well, the massage table. Oh, the massage table. That was in this house. Okay. We lived here. Yes. So, But it's at least... It's at least seven years old. <laughs> at the very least, yeah. And that thing has gotten more use probably yes. than anything we've ever owned. I agree. That was like a truly practical gift. Um, it's like Phoebe Buffet style. It's with a folding one. Mm -hmm. So if we, and for a long time, we would get it out, unfold it, do the do massages, fold it back up. And then eventually you're like, why are, who are we yeah, kidding? Just leave it up. I can put my pants on it <laughs> instead of putting them in the dirty clothes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> There's clothes on it right now. But truly, you have a lot of both of us. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't love a massage? Right. But you especially have a lot of old injuries that flare up from time to time. Well, when you get to be my age, yeah. things happen. As a centurion? Yes. Is that what it's called? Yeah. When you live over a century? Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. Um, Thank you. I'm actually only 98, so I appreciate that. <laughs> that has been... Again, I never would have suspected the gift. And upon receiving it, I could not have imagined the ongoing gift that that would be. One of the best gifts you've ever given me is so bittersweet for me to talk about now. I know what it is. Um, when we were, when we, when you were still a graduate assistant, when we lived in Fort Worth, we were living on my teacher's salary. Um, I used your money to buy you a gift. <laughs> no, you didn't. Hope you enjoy it, sugar mama. You got, you got a <laughs> bonus check. That's true. Um, probably had to do with a bowl game, honestly. Um, this was at Christmas time. Yeah, then it had to be had to be I'm pretty sure it was tied at to Christmas. that. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, you took yourself to a jewelry store it, because you remembered from early on. I had told you one time, just in passing, that one day I would love to have a pair of diamond stud earrings that my mom had a pair that she wore every single day and that she never took them out. And I just thought that was just like a really beautiful, classy, mm -hmm. elegant thing to always have a pair of earrings in. And I just thought it would be so lovely someday to have a pair of diamond stud earrings. So you surprised me with a pair of diamonds uh, that you brought home and I was completely blown away. I wore those religiously for literally years and years and years. This house. Even into this house, like this, our time here, I wore them when the twins were born. Like, I mean, I've worn them so much until the one day I lost one. Actually, I lost one one time. And do you remember this was when like the twins were babies and I was distraught. I couldn't believe that I had lost one of the, one of the most precious things to me. One you of those areas. found it in one of the baby's poop. No, maybe I should have been checking there for the second time I lost it, but it turned up in a casserole dish in our kitchen cabinet. I had forgotten that. 
I had forgotten. It was the most bizarre thing. And so I was so relieved. And so I started wearing them again until then. When, when did this happen? It was, I feel like it was Couple even years before ago. Nico was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I lost one of them, I think, in our bedroom, but I can't be sure. And I have looked for that thing so – I've spent hours. I know. We have a shag – rug under our bed. It our needs room. to be raked. <laughs> it does. Maybe if we rake it, we'll find it. Maybe. I have like gotten on my hands and knees. I've gotten flashlights. I've done everything to try to find that missing earring. And so it's so bittersweet to talk about still one of the best gifts ever, but now I only have the one. Just the one. <laughs> Maybe we'll turn it into a belly button piercing or that something. That seems right. Yes. Um, that was a big surprise. Yes. A big surprise when you gave me those. What are some other surprises that stand out? Oh, gosh. I mean, huge surprise when we, we, we planned to have the twins. Like, we planned a pregnancy. We planned a pregnancy. When we that was the found only time. out that it was twins, yeah. that was a surprise. Nico was a surprise. Although I feel like every day he's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like our biggest surprises really do have to do with um, our kids. I feel like you've been surprised every time. Like, is that what? Well, how did this even? Whose is that? <laughs> I haven't even been here. I don't understand how biology works. That kid doesn't look like me. Okay, every single one of them does. That's not true. AJ does not look like me. Um, Nico looks. Like a Aryan nation, blonde-haired, blue-eyed. He's terrifying. I don't know whose he is. Um, but I do think probably the biggest surprise for both of us was twins. And it yeah. truly, that was the, that was a very intentional pregnancy because I was turning 35 that summer. But that was, I think, the biggest moment where we were like, oh, what? Yeah. Still haven't recovered from it. Indeed. I still think about it. And you... You announced the twins to me via text message. No, no, I, was I called work. you. I called you at work. Did you? You yes, sure? I'm positive. I, I called you first. You texted me. Is that true? Pictures of the the two ultrasounds like together, and I was like, "What?" And then you called right as I was about to vomit and pass out. Oh my I was gosh. sitting. I was sitting in who ended up being my current business partner. I was sitting in his That's office. That's right. I do remember when that all too. of that happened. Yes, we have some dear friends in our lives here in Oklahoma City who've been there for all of these big, yeah, yeah. big production moments. Um, I guess we could talk about some of the. Um, you know, not everything is happy. Not everything is fights on the interstate. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we had another surprise. Yeah, we did recently. We did. We recently uh, this spring had a surprise and, and found out that I was pregnant again. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a big surprise for both of us. Again, how does this keep happening? How does biology know, work? Um, but then, That's not what the pamphlet said. <laughs> this, well, I feel like there's a really great joke about growing up in Oklahoma with abstinence sex education here. But right, I, I can't yeah. quite put it all together. This cuts too close to the bone to be a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, we were surprised and, and then delighted to find out that we were pregnant again and yeah. we're anticipating that we would have our first Christmas time baby. We have kids spread all throughout the calendar birthdays. And um, then as sometimes happens, we found out just um, a week, couple of weeks ago now, I guess, I can <laughs> type lost sense of time yeah. in space, um, that we weren't going to get to meet that one. We lost that pregnancy. Um which was our first 
pregnancy loss, mm-hmm. really, in, mm-hmm. in our marriage. And so that has been difficult, um, obviously. Um, it was really hard for the kids. The kids were pretty excited. Um, they adore Nico. And yeah. the thought of yeah. having another one running around was very exciting for them. Um, and so it's been, a, it's been a difficult time of loss for us. We did decide that for this one, here's one thing that's completely ultimately true about you is every single time we've gotten pregnant, surprise or no, you have intuitively known mm-hmm. the gender of each baby. Yes. Every time. And so. And even predicted twins before we knew twins. And predicted twins. Um, and so when we shared with the kids that we were going to have another baby, like everybody in this family, full agreement, this was going to be a girl. We were going to have another little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for this baby, even though it was technically too early to know for sure, I just, we, all of us knew in our hearts, this was a girl. And so we did name her. We named her the name that I had really liked for Nico, if he was going to be a girl. So we named her Bridget Rose, mm-hmm. um, inspired by the Catholic Saint Bridget, the Irish saint who is um, a pretty awesome woman. Yeah. And then Rose, uh, inspired by Our Lady of Guadalupe and her roses. As well as some <clears throat> family name yes. stuff on that one. Yeah. Less, less impactful, but yeah. that also. Yeah. yeah, we're big on family names for mm-hmm. sure. All of our kids' names have some tie in somehow to yeah. family. So. Anyway, we, you know, we've really deliberated how to share this with our people. Um, this was the first pregnancy that we did not share with the whole world right away. Right, right. Um, but we've, you know, we've invited so many of our people, both in person and online, into our family's life. Beginning with Daisy, I started blogging when Daisy was a year old. Yeah. And the story of our family life together has really been public since then in various ways. And so we definitely knew we wanted to share, didn't know how, but it felt important to honor the life of this um, baby of ours that we didn't get to meet, but it's still part of our family story. Yeah. So. Well, after all these 23 years of marriage, plus years of knowing that we would be married before that, what advice if you would be so bold as to offer marital advice, even loosely, what would you offer? I think the biggest thing that comes to mind, there's like lots of practical things, but I think just like the big picture thing that I have learned time and time again, and I'm still learning, is to not let resentment build up. Okay. I feel like resentment is such a strangler of joy. And other humans. Well, sometimes, yes. Yeah. Okay, sometimes practically speaking. Read about Florida men. <laughs> no. <laughs> I refuse. Um, I feel like it really chokes the life, though, out of out of connection mm-hmm. and loyalty and commitment and just and, – and it can start as something small and snowball build up over time before you know it. You have a thing that you feel really resentful about. And I speak as somebody who – I don't like to any kind of uh, conversation where we have to like get an issue out on the table feels like this big confrontation to me. So I have a tendency to just not talk about it, except it is still a big deal. And then 
by the time we have a big blow up over it, well, that could have been handled earlier it, if we yeah. just would have talked about it. Didn't it didn't have to be McDonald's on the interstate. It didn't have to be crying into my McDonald's fries on the interstate. Yes. Well, this is interesting. This is in the exact vein of thought of what I would offer. I would say it differently. I would say be willing to fight. Yeah. And that doesn't mean be a, you know, be insane about things. Right. My perspective is that most often whoever you end up married to is going to have a different perspective of the world than you do, mm-hmm. including what it means to have a conversation. Right. A conversation to me feels like a fight and a, and a conflict and a, yeah, bad things right. to you. Yeah. So be willing to fight, but I mean, be willing to have the conversation that you don't want to have to push through things. So you aren't carrying the resentment Mm -hmm, or that if you do end up carrying it, at least it's for a reason. Right. Exactly. Yes. All right. What else would you say? Um, Find things that you both enjoy and don't be a selfish butthole about it. Try things that the other person's interested Mm -hmm. in. I'm you're far better at that than me. We recently have begun to occasionally enjoy a cigar together. Yes. Which isn't something traditionally a a woman would likely be interested in trying, but you did. Yeah. We found we found a, a, a one one or two that you enjoy, and so on occasion we do that. Yeah. I mean I think this even translates into like we like to find shows to watch together. We yeah. Like to read the same books and discuss the what our thoughts are on them. I mean, I think that that has grown over time. Mm-hmm. A lot of that mm-hmm. changed and shifted when you left coaching. Had to because I was too mm-hmm. busy serving myself to spend time with you. Well, you didn't even have time to think about serving anyone except for the football gods when you were coaching. <laughs> I would say honestly, and though this this might not make sense to anybody who is an entrepreneur, it's when we began that path seven years ago. Yeah, that everything changed the way yeah. that my day works. And because I have freedom mm-hmm. every day after market closed, just nearly every single day for the last seven years after the markets closed, yeah, which is three, three thirty, depending on what you're trading. Um, we stop, we shut down shop. We both participate in picking up kids if that's necessary. And then we sit down and talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's a lot of, a lot of talking yeah. going on here. All right. Anything else? I have one other. Okay. And this, I think this is applicable to any relationship. Um, and I, you know, I highlight it because if I have a strength anywhere, I think this is one of them. Pay attention to the other person and not in a weird way, like lurking in the bushes and watching them dress or stuff like that. I mean, yep. that's fun too, but. Oh, maybe a little. Well, everybody. it's your spouse, whatever. Now, pay attention to the person. Pay attention to how they respond. You should know their tells. You should know when they like something, when they're tolerating something, when they're uncomfortable, and pay attention to those things. Know what they are. Not that every moment of your life you would serve them to your own detriment, but to pay attention. So when it comes time for a celebration of any kind, be it a, a yeah. holiday of note or birthday or whatever, that when they receive something from you, beyond anything else, they realize you've paid attention to them over time. I think that that just speaks so much to part of the human experience is all of us want to be seen. We all want to be heard. We all want to be known. You're done talking yet. <laughs> just kidding. But being able to be known by somebody that you live with day in and day out 
sometimes it, you can get so in the trenches that you don't pay attention because right. you're just like, maybe have tunnel vision on what you got to do, where you got to go, what you got to, who you got to see all of those types of things. But even, even if you've tried to pay attention yeah. and you pick a bad thing yeah. or a non-ideal thing as a means of showing it, mm-hmm. it's still recognized that the effort was there. Yeah. And if, if whoever it is you're hooked up with can't appreciate the, the effort, yeah. they're a turd. Oh, all right. Calling them like you see them. Yeah. Okay. Big, big steamer. Gross. <laughs> All right. I think that's everything we wanted to share, our 20-plus things for 20-plus years of marriage. Well, it's past my bedtime anyway. It is so definitely. All I need right. to go take my back pills and lay down. <laughs> okay. Um, so for anyone who is listening, what should they do in the meantime? Well, have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.